Hi, Mama. Today's an exciting day. We are wrapping up our discussion of restoration theory, and I am giving you the four steps you need to take to get out of those cycles, to stop the craziness, to stop repeating the patterns that you have your whole life that have probably been passed down to you and just to get clarity and have tools about how to do things differently and start to rewire your brain so that you're, it makes it easier and easier to choose the right thing instead of always slipping into that destructive coping that you have been struggling with for so long. So this is it. We are piecing together all of that we have been talking about, the pain cycle, the peace cycle. If you missed those, I highly suggest going back and hearing the whole six episodes on restoration theory. This is kind of the basis of a lot of the work we're going to do around here. I'm going to talk about this in other episodes, but this is how you create the systems, how you understand what's happening so that we can use that to propel us forward few quick reminders for those of you that have not been tuning in. Hop into the Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective, or there's a link in the show notes. I'm doing lots of live demonstrations there so you can have some visuals about some of this stuff, what it looks like on paper. These visuals, I promise you, are really going to help just solidify what you've been learning. Also, Restoration Theory was not created by me. (laughs) Terry Hargrave And Sharon Hargrave are some amazing, incredible academics who have done the research, created everything that we have been learning about, and I highly recommend diving in deeper. There are books, there are therapists you can see, there are church groups you can run or be in. And if you are a therapist yourself, I cannot recommend to you enough to get in the restoration therapy training It was a game changer for me personally, for my life and how I healed. But then as a therapist, like I cannot express to you how much more equipped I felt. It is a game changer. So go in there. There's a level one restoration therapy training coming up soon. They have them all the time. So definitely check that out. All those links are in the show notes. And lastly, if you're getting hung up on this, but you're not wanting to go in as far as therapy or you're wanting to take more of a spiritual approach, I would love to help you with some coaching. I kind of integrate this restoration theory along with kind of spiritual inner healing and the wisdom that God has given me. And I can help you where you're getting stuck. I can help make sure your pain cycles and peace cycles are working and you have the right stuff there. And then I can help you walk through some spiritual healing exercises as well as just helping you look at your life and seeing what's not working and what to do about it. This really is my biggest passion is helping people walk through the muck and see the other side and figure out how to get from A to B. And it's not from my strength, but what God has put inside of me and through his strength and the voice of the Holy Spirit. So I would love to help you do some work, some deeper stuff than we can just talk about on the podcast. I have very limited spots, so make sure you jump in right away. The link is in the show notes, and you can also get subscribed for updates. Okay, I think it is time to give you the four steps. Hope you're excited. 
Welcome to the Morning Mama podcast, where it is time to wake up to the life you were created for. Come join me on a journey to heal from your past, craft a healthy, joy-filled life, and discover the gifts and passions inside of you that the world needs. Hi, I'm Brittany, a former marriage and family therapist who is ready to help you grab hold of your courage, step out in faith, and discover that your life can become more than you ever dreamed possible. This is Morning Mama, a place for you to throw off all that has been holding you back and run into true freedom. Here we are. We are jumping in to the four steps today. Now, as you hear these, they are very simple. They sound very simple, but this literally will rewire your brain. And I uh, promise you it's not as easy as it sounds because actually choosing this (laughs) when you're in pain can be really tricky. I have been trying for many years and my neuropathway has gotten stronger and I can do it a lot more quickly now, but it's been some hard work. But with this tool and the work of the Holy Spirit in my life, I have made insane progress. You can hear my story in episode one, all of the anxiety, all of the depression, and I have broken through so much, my anger, And I'm going to talk more about some of that stuff in these upcoming episodes. This is kind of our base, and then we're going to go deeper into the topics. So make sure you have this foundation so that you can refer back to this as we go into the various topics. Okay, so drum roll. Are you ready? The four steps are one, say what you feel. I feel alone. Two, say what you usually do. So this kind of tricks your brain. If you say what you usually do or what you want to do, it kind of almost like gives you more power to not choose it because you just said that thing out loud. And so you're going to say, I feel alone and I want to get angry. I use anger as my example most of the time because it's one of my biggest go-tos. So almost any of my core words can trigger my anger. So this first two steps are really essential because this is going to help your brain calm down. Now, one of the tricks of these four steps is to speak it out loud. Even if you're by yourself, this is really helpful. Why do you have to say it out loud, you ask? I feel silly. Well, one, it just slows you down. Like having to form words, there's a lot of different parts of your brain that get engaged in helping you have the ability to speak what you're thinking. And so forming words is going to help slow yourself down. Also, it moves it from the amygdala, which is the part of the brain that reacts to threat, and it moves it to your prefrontal cortex, which is the part of your brain that engages in thought-based processes. So it automatically starts to regulate your body when you speak it out loud. So make sure if you are trying to regulate yourself, you are saying this out loud to the person that you're with. You can say it to yourself in the car out loud. Just make sure you're saying it out loud. And one more thing I want to touch on before we move to the second two steps. The first one, say what you feel, just 
say what you feel. Don't start with when you download the dishwasher, right? I feel inadequate, you know, whatever. Don't start with when you, and then don't add anything onto it. Like, I feel alone when you don't give me a hug when you walk in the door. Nope. Now, this is one of the hardest things to do. I still struggle with this. Hear me out, though. You can have a conversation about those things after you say this, but what you're doing right now as you're going through these four steps is you are making sure that you're going to have a conversation that's grounded in truth, that you are acting as the person God created you to be, that you are not acting from this place of pain, reacting to the pain with your fight or flight coping. You are going through these steps so that you can have a healthy conversation the steps are not the healthy conversation. This is just to help get you ready to have that conversation. So if you need to have a conversation about what it looks like for your husband to come home from work, that's okay. It doesn't mean that it's going to be just your way, but you can't figure out where that middle ground is unless you're regulated and in a place to discuss that not in pain, but in the truth of who you are. Okay, so one, say what you feel. Two, say what you usually do. Three, say the truth. So for me, when I go to this step and I say the truth, you know, say one of my truths is that I am more than enough. Now, sometimes it's simple enough I can just say I'm more than enough, but sometimes I have to talk myself through it a little bit and I have to throw in some Bible verses and I have to kind of recite and rehearse these truths that I'm I'm trying to believe about me because in that moment of dysregulation, my brain just wants to go down that easy pathway that I have formed that says, no, you're not good enough. Nope, nope, we got to go this way. You're not good enough. And so I'm like trying to steer the ship. Switched analogies here. <laughs> Mixing my analogies, I'm sorry. I'm trying to steer the ship down the different course, but I have to pull so hard on that steering wheel and it is really painful and hard. And so sometimes I just keep talking through it until I feel it, until I feel it hit me. I, the truth is that I am more than enough because God created me in his image. He planned me out before I was born and he didn't make any mistakes. Now, there's some things that you can do separate from these moments to kind of reinforce these truths in you. And we'll go over some of those. One of those is having like a morning mantra. Um, This is like Bible verses and truths that God speaks over you that you recite every morning. And what I just said, that's part of mine because I know that I need to start the day being reminded that God created me perfectly. And if I don't start the day like that, then I'm going to more quickly go over to this path where I believe that I'm not good enough. And when I'm on that path, it's only going to lead to destruction. Okay. And then the last step is to say what you're going to do instead. So this is the second part of your peace cycle. What is the new behavior that you are going to choose? It's going to be the opposite of that pain behavior. So instead of getting angry, I'm going to connect with you. I'm going to reach out for connection. So you're saying this out loud almost to like hold you accountable, right? So if you say you're going to do it, well, It's already in the air. There it is. Now you got to do it. So let me give you a little example of what this could sound like. So let's go with the hug analogy. 
you know, sometimes my husband Wesley comes home from work and he is so tired and not thinking straight, which also, by the way, I do this to him too, but this is just from my experience. So say he does that. He comes in the door. He doesn't give me a hug. He goes upstairs to change without saying hi or, you know, whatever it is. And oh, uh, that pesky feeling of being alone is coming up and I'm just wanting to get angry or control him. And But then I remember, wait, 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 no, no, I'm not choosing that path. So I go to him and I say, hey, I am starting to feel alone and I really want to get angry at you and blame you because I feel alone. But actually, the truth is I'm never alone and I actually really know that you love me. So instead of going to anger, I am choosing to connect with you. Can I have a hug? I really missed you today. Wow. Do you feel that? Did you feel that shift? Instead of getting angry, which was just going to drive me away from what I wanted, which was that connection in the first place, right? But that anger is going to drive me further from that thing that I want. Instead, I'm reworking it. I'm steering the ship. Maybe steering the, the lawnmower would be a better analogy. And I am choosing a different path. And when I choose that different path, that is going to set my husband up to being much more loving. In comparison to how he might respond to my anger, and he would probably withdraw, now, most likely, he's going to respond in love as well. He's going to say, oh, I'm sorry, babe. I'm, I just had a really rough day and I'm just so out of it. Come here. Let me give you a big hug. I missed you too. And so most of the time when we act from that place of peace, it is going to create environments of peace. It's going to set us up to have that healthy connection. It's going to help that person respond in peace. I do want to mention a couple of things though. One, living in peace doesn't mean that there's not going to be pain ever, but it actually means that those painful experiences can be safely shared in a relationship. So we live in a broken world. We're all human. There's going to be pain that happens, but now we get to share it with each other and talk about it from a healthy place and be there for each other. For example, say I had responded in anger initially and I said, you never hug me. It's not that far from the truth. I mean, me responding, that is something that, if I'm not careful, can come out of my mouth. And so say I say that, and he shuts down and says nothing and walks up the stairs. And so now I'm feeling even more alone because I kind of asked for a hug in a very manipulative, unhealthy, unhelpful way. And was rejected. And so now I'm going to be even more in my pain. He's going to be in his pain because I'm essentially attacking his character. You see how fast this goes downhill? So those moments of pain are still going to happen. But now, whereas before that would happen and I, we would just be derailed for the whole night, you know, just go downhill from there. And we're trying to figure out dinner or getting on each other. Instead, we have that, that moment of pain that moment of brokenness. But instead of continuing down that path, I go upstairs and I say, hey, I'm so sorry. 
right now I'm just feeling alone. I really want to get angry and be critical, but I know that I'm never alone. I know God is always with me. I know you love me. I know you're on my side. You're on my team. So I don't want to continue down this path. Instead, I want to choose to connect with you. Can I have a hug? And so that moment of pain actually creates this beautiful opportunity for a deeper connection. I get to share where I was at. I get to ask for what I need. And we get to share that within a relationship. Now, it's still a moment of forgiveness. You know, I, I acted in an unloving way and that, that was hurtful to him. You know, saying that you never do something, that's a really hurtful statement. I know a lot of us can slip into that so easily. Just why those words like never and always can be so dangerous in a marriage, especially. And so he's going to have to forgive me. But now we have this opportunity for a deeper connection. Now, the other thing that is really important to highlight is that we are not choosing these new behaviors. We are not going through these four steps to have someone act in a different way. That is not the goal. The goal is to help us act in a different way. The goal is to help us get regulated so that we can choose God's way. We can choose what's healthy. We can choose what's right. This is not a guarantee that the other person is going to choose what's right. Going to the example, maybe Wesley had a really bad day and so he is super dysregulated. And so I go up and I'm trying to hug him and say like, I really need a hug. But, you know, maybe he gives me that hug, but it's just still kind of withdrawn and cut off. But I have to be okay with that because his actions are not my responsibility. We're the only ones that can take responsibility for our actions. And so maybe if that happens, I have to go through my four steps again, which is totally normal, by the way. Sometimes you have to go through those four steps 15 times in a single scenario so that you can keep getting regulated. Because if that other person is still dysregulated, it's automatically going to kind of trigger your pain. Remember how pain leads to more pain? So say, for example, if Wesley was cut off and just still, you know, you could, I could feel that he wasn't really connecting with me my automatic pain would come up and I would believe, well, I'm alone. Even though I just reminded myself I wasn't alone, there it is again, still working on that pathway. So then I'd go through it again. Maybe it'd sound something like this. Thank you for that hug. I'm still struggling with feeling alone and I just want to keep getting angry. But I know that I am not alone. I know I just said that, but I have to remind myself again, I am not alone. And I know you had a really rough day. I'm so sorry you had a rough day. I would love to connect with you when you're ready. But I understand if you want some space, what would be helpful for you? So I'm circling back, going through my four steps again. And I'm finding out what's going to be helpful for him. I mean, can you imagine what that would feel like instead of having a wife nagging and saying like, no, you need to connect with me. Tell me about your day. What, what's going on? Instead of that, hey, what do you need right now? I want to connect with you. 
Now, he might still be super dysregulated because he's had a rough day. Who knows what happened? And so he is engrossed in his pain and trying to deal with that. And so he might still not act in a loving way, but I'm giving him an even greater chance even just to have a break and get that space that he needs to to try and get regulated and get ready to connect. But maybe, maybe he wouldn't. This is just an example. This hasn't happened recently, but an example. And if that happened again, you know, I might get dysregulated again. And at some point I might turn towards God instead. And I might start talking to God about this, even out loud, going to the bathroom, going to the closet. God, I feel so alone right now. I really want to connect with Wesley. And I just want to get angry so that I get some kind of reaction out of him. But I know the truth. I am never alone. You promise that you will never leave us or forsake us. You're right here with me. God, I want to connect with you. Help me to feel your presence. And then in those moments, Holy Spirit often puts something on my mind that I need to do. Put on some worship music. That's often a really good one for me. Put on some worship music. Go journal. Whatever God knows that I need in that moment so that I can feel connected. Now, I know this sounds so simple. Just even reading these steps, it's like, okay, is there really something to that? <laughs> but yes, there is neuroscience to back up these steps. But also, it, it, it sounds so easy, but in those moments, it is so hard to choose. Try it, and you will feel that resistance inside of you. You're literally trying to change your brain. So that's one of the big reasons why one of the first episodes I talked about the Holy Spirit is because we can't do this work without the Holy Spirit, or we can only take it so far. God is the source of healing, and through his power, we are able to do this. But alone, this is going to be really hard work. It's like trying to create this pathway in the jungle without any tools or without any strength. You might be able to pull up like, you know, a blade of grass at a time, but how far are you going to get? So make sure as you're doing this, you are joining with the power of the Holy Spirit to really transform your brain. This is, this is how God shows us how to do it too. If we go to Romans 12, 2, it says, do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Until this point in Romans, Paul had been talking about the heart in reference to spiritual change. But in Romans 12, he switches to mind. So renew your mind. And this actually aligns perfectly with discoveries in neuroscience about how we change patterns in our lives and how we change patterns in our brain. Change in behavior happens when people work to think differently. Now, I want to mention too that these four steps can be said out loud, not just in our intimate, close relationships, but even in a work environment. There's a way to kind of casually talk about it so that you are able to go through these steps of regulation and make sure that you are being your full self at work. So an example might be like, say you got an email from your boss and you know it, it triggered you and you started telling yourself all these stories about what it was about. And so maybe you went in there into your boss's office and said, Hey, I got your email. And, you know, initially my brain went to that I'd done something wrong. And I felt myself starting to worry about every bit of work that I've completed and and sent into you. 
But then I reminded myself that I, I know I'm a capable employee and I actually, I really know that you trust me. So I decided I was going to come in and talk to you instead of getting worried so that I could come just check in and maybe there was a misunderstanding so we could make sure we're on the same page. See how casual that was? It wasn't weird. It wasn't talking about my deepest, darkest feelings in the middle of work. It's, it's possible to have these steps come out in any kind of relationship at any point. Okay, so now you have the four steps to change in your brain. Say what you feel, say what you would usually do, say the truth, and say what you're going to do instead. Now, if you really practice this, write down those pain and peace cycles, put them on your mirror, put them on your phone, put them in places you can see at your office, then you're really going to start transforming your brain and helping yourself change these patterns you have been stuck in for so long. And along with that, you're just going to understand what is happening inside of you, what is happening in the people around you. It gives you so much clarity about what is going on. So I really hope that you have enjoyed this series on restoration theory, and I hope you dive in deeper with the, the links in the show notes. Be sure to check all of that out. I love all of this stuff. I want to dive in more with you. I'd love to do coaching with you. Pop into the Facebook group. Show us like where you're getting stuck. Let's all talk about it. You can put pictures of your pain cycle and your peace cycle and talk about maybe what word you don't quite feel like is fitting and we can talk through it. I would love to help you dive deeper into this because I really think it is a life-changing tool. And if you will just put in a little bit of work and a little bit of time, it can be something that you carry with you for the rest of your life and it will transform so much. I'm just so grateful for Dr. Terry Hargrave and Sharon Hargrave for the incredible work they have done. This theory has changed my life and I, I hope it has done the same for you. I can't wait to hear stories of the life change that is coming. God is so good and you are amazing. Can't wait to talk to you in the Facebook group. Praying for you, mama. If you found hope and inspiration in today's episode, then hit subscribe. Make sure you don't miss a moment on this journey of healing. Want to help more mamas enter into the hope and freedom you have found? Please take a moment to leave a review. This helps so much to get Morning Mama seen so that more mamas can find this space. Lastly, please come say hi in our Facebook group, Morning Mama Collective. I would love to meet you and learn your story. Let me know where you're getting stuck in your healing journey so that you can help inspire more episodes. I am so grateful for you, Mama, and I cannot wait to see all that God has in store for you.